We're talking about spiritual gifts. We're in the series called the Holy Spirit. We've probably got maybe another week or two left here. Uh, and then we're moving into a new series that's coming next. I think most of you are going to be excited about this. Some of you may not be excited about this. But the series is called Erie Christian Fellowship Church in the Last Days. Oh, yes. What does that mean, Pastor Jason? Why aren't you talking about that today? Because I want to get you excited to come back you know, sometime in a couple weeks uh, when we start talking about that. But I'm excited about what God has been putting on my heart and what he's been putting on some of our leadership team's heart about what that looks like and how do we begin to do that. But you know what? Guys, we are one day closer to the last day than we were yesterday, okay? We are one day closer to that, his return than we were yesterday, right, Mary? We, we were at the beach last night. I saw Mary at the beach. She was on her, uh, you know, on the jet ski, she was, and she's whistling out there from the lake. She's waving. I'm like, who is that? Who is that? That's Mary. Look at that. And she came and we said hi. But what I'm telling you is yesterday, Mary and I were at the beach, but today we're here in church, and we are one day closer to the last day. We're one day closer. Here's what God's going to do for us in these last days, which is what I'm excited. 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Hallelujah. One Lord, one God. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the gift is given to each one for the profit of all. When God works these gifts, there is more than just profit for you. It's profit for others as well. As these gifts get poured out, and I believe as the Bible prophesies over and over, as we get closer and closer, the gifts are going to pour out more and more. The gifts are going to pour out more and more. Because I I believe because we're going to need them to pour out more and more. Like, that's the bad part of it. Like, oh, we're going to need more of the gifts to be poured out. But the good part is he is going to take care of us. He is going to pour out more of these gifts in our lives. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge, the same Spirit, to the faith, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. It says to earnestly seek and desire these gifts. It says don't be ignorant of these gifts. But he also says that he is going to distribute them as he wills. It's not like a Christmas list. We talked about this. It's not like, hmm, let me see what I want for Christmas this year. And you write down the list, and guess what? Have you ever not gotten what you wanted for Christmas? Hmm. Yes, happens often, especially when you're young, because you ask for big things. But I love the faith of a child asking for big things, right? Come on, guys, this is what this is all about. Let's ask for these big things. Let's ask for these gifts to manifest in our life and let the Lord, as he wills, begin to distribute them in our life. So we broke down the different gifts. There are nine gifts, and, there are, and I, we broke them down in sections of three. There are three gifts of revelation. We've already went through those uh, in the previous week. That was word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. The next three that I want to talk about this morning are the gifts of power. The gifts of power. I love the gifts of power. Why? Because they're what testimonies are all about. They're what testimonies are made of. 
A word of knowledge can have a testimony for sure. A word of wisdom is great, has a testimony. But these are what testimonies are made of. The gift of faith, the gift of miracles, and the gifts, plural, of healing. So I want to walk through each of these. I want to talk about them a little bit. And what I have is an example in my own life that I'm believing for, that I I truly believe that I will see happen and manifest and occur in my own life as we're walking through as we're walking through these times that were in front of us. So the first one is the gift of faith. Let me tell you what the gift of faith is. It's this. It's the supernatural operation of the Holy Spirit in the experience of the possessor, though the person who has the gift of faith, which enables them to sustain an unwavering trust in God, listen to this, for his personal protection and for the provision of his needs. Come on, church. Come on, church. Do we not want the gift of faith as we enter into the most unparalleled times in our history? Listen to that. The gift of an unwavering trust in God for his personal protection and for the provision of his needs. And the interesting part is, if you look at the gift of faith through the Bible and all the different examples, is it usually involves an element of danger. Hmm. Hmm. How about Daniel in the lion's den? Hmm. Daniel was operating with the gift of faith in his life, and those lions did not attack him. There was an element of danger that was happening there. You look at Elijah and the, and the ravens coming to feed him. You look at Daniel in the lion's den. You look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3. You talk about having faith. Listen to what they said. We're going to turn to Daniel 3. I believe we have it up there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. So the king's saying, will you kneel before these idols? Will you kneel before these things? And they're saying, you know what? We're not even going to answer you. No, we are not going to do that. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will not... if." And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, verse, verse 18, let, let it be known to you. Like, you know what? Even if it doesn't happen, the heck with you. I'm not bowing down to any of your idols. I'm not looking to this world for my answers or my solution. I'm going to worship the one true God, who he is, and I'm going I'm to put my life on it. I'm staking my life on it. He says, let it be known to you, O king, that... We do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. And so he throws them into the fire. Right? Well, he actually made it seven times hotter. Throws them into the fire. And look at this. Look at verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He was astonished because he's looking in there going, what is going on? The people who threw them in actually were burned up. It was so hot. And if you look at the story, he actually had them bound up in their own clothes and threw them in. Bound them up, threw them into this furnace. And he says, oh my gosh, he's astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men into the midst of the fire? They answered, saying to the king, true, O king. And he says, but look, look, I see four men loose 
Four men lose the thing that they actually were bound up by. God shows up in the midst of a trial. God shows up in the midst of a trial. Even if you felt bound and you felt like you couldn't move, he breaks those chains. He breaks those chains. And look, there are four men in there walking in the midst of the fire. They're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. It was like an angel. It was like a representation. It was God there with them. Look at that. They were loose and walking around. Could you imagine being there? Everyone else who got anywhere close was like, boom, they're done. And here they are. Wait, we threw those guys in there, bound up. Now they're walking around. That's right. They are walking around. One of the things I talked to the youth about last week I have an interesting, and I didn't bring a tea bag. Uh, I didn't bring a tea bag with, and these youth who were there, they'll remember this. And I told them this story out of Daniel 3, and I held up a tea bag, and I said, Look at this tea bag. What flavor is it? Like, can I smell it? I was like, No, you can't smell it. Just look at it. It's like, What flavor is this tea bag? They're like, I don't know. How will you know what flavor this tea bag is going to be? You put it in what? Hot water. So if you think of yourself, if we believe we begin to think of ourselves as a tea bag, when hot water comes, what flavor begins to come out? What flavor begins to come out of our lives when we are in the midst of hot water? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what flavor came out of them? Oh, no, no, I'm going to trust God and God alone. There will be people in the last days that will turn away. There will be people that are sitting in the church in the pews that will reject God in the last days. What flavor will you be when the hot water comes? And I'll tell you what's interesting. I'll tell you what's very interesting. Somebody had to intentionally put that flavor in there. Think about that. That tea bag did not go immediately into hot water. That tea bag sat somewhere for a while. It was processed for a little bit. It got shipped around. It made it to a store. It was just doing its thing, cozy as can be, all wrapped up in this little, you know, in the little thing before you rip it open. Then it gets ripped open. And it gets torn. And there's a sense of the hot water that's coming. You know, you ever dip your foot in like some hot water? Like, ooh, that's hot. But when that tea bag goes in, what comes out of that tea bag is what was put into it. Church, I'm telling you, there are times of hot water coming. There are times of hot water coming. So you have to be aware right now, today, what are you putting in your tea bag? Because whatever you're putting in is what's going to come out. If you're putting the news in, it's the news that's going to come out. If you're putting the word of God in, it's the word of God that's going to come out. Come on, church. There are examples of the gift of faith that have happened in this church over its decades of existence. And the one I love the most is the man sitting right over there. Come on, church. The man sitting right over there. The man has the gift of faith. You understand that the gift of faith was working on the inside of him. Yes, we were all praying, and it all is working together. And yes, there was a man over there that says, he shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. But I'll tell you what, on the inside of him, On the inside of him, the inside of that man's teabag was the word of God. 
And when the time got there and the waters got hot and he was dipped in the hot water, what came out was the word of God. You know, when he woke up from his coma, the only thing he could do was quote scripture. I mean, come on. I mean, I first of all, it was probably like, what am I doing and why am I here? And then it was like, praise the Lord, right? And he starts quoting his favorite scripture for the day, whatever that one is. If you listen to his messages from, the, from a while ago, he'd always quote his favorite scripture for today, right? But the word of God was on the inside, so when it got hot, what came out was the word of God. And so my little example on the gift of faith, for me personally, is I wear contacts, You probably can't tell that, but I wear contacts. And so I truly believe, and I am standing in faith, that if I need contacts in any way, shape, or form, and I can't get them, God's going to deliver them to me. I'm not not joking around. I'm very, very serious. And I don't know what it is in your life that it'll come to be a time where you can't get something or you can't find something, and you begin to panic, you begin to say, well, how am I going to be able to see if I don't have contacts? How am I going to be able to see if I don't have contacts? And you're going to believe in faith, and God will deliver what you need, because he hears us, and he cares for us. Do you understand that? Okay, the next one. The gift of working of miracles. This contact example is going to flow through the whole thing. So I'm just getting started on my contacts, okay? The gift of working of miracles, and the reason I'm doing it is because hopefully you can remember this illustration as it works through the power gifts. The supernatural demonstration, this is the working of miracles, the supernatural demonstration of the power of God by which the laws of nature are altered, suspended, or controlled. Come on. The working of miracles. It's when, like, you know what? When something should happen and it doesn't. When a car is sliding off the road, going to visit some friends in a snowstorm, and she says the word Jesus, and the car stops. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean it didn't careen off the... I mean, based on gravity, based on velocity, based on the mass, based on all of Newton's laws and Einstein's laws and every other law you ever learned in school, says that that van should go off the side of the road. No. There are times when God works miracles. Miracles, miracles. And in these last days, as we're progressing through these things, God is going to release more and more and more miracles for those that believe in him and trust in him. Why? Because we're going to need it. We're going to need it, but he's going to deliver them to us. He is going to deliver these works of miracles. 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18, verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering and the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near the Lord and said, Lord God, of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant. Look, he is declaring he is God. He is declaring it, and I'm your servant. Church, we are his servants. And that I have done these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. And the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. Think about that. Elijah's calling down fire from heaven. How many have seen fire come down from heaven? 
it's a little bright. I turn this. Oh, nobody, right? These are God is going to do things. I'm telling you, He is going to work miracles. He is going to do things that absolutely astonish those who need to be saved. Every one of these stories that we're talking about, whether it's the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, the gifts of healing, they are all turning people's attention to God. Nebuchadnezzar, on that last story afterwards, he says, Oh my goodness, let's now only worship the one true God, Daniel's God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God. And look what happens here, the same thing. Fire fell. Fire fell, and the Lord consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust. It licked up the water. Everything that was in the trench. Now when the people saw it, what happens? They fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. These gifts of working of miracles will happen more and more, and it's turning people's attention to Him. Think about the five loaves and the two fish. Come on, guys. That's a miracle in the New Testament. That amount of food cannot feed 20,000 people, but it did. And I hear stories after story of people in, in Africa and other places who need to feed 40 starving children, and they got this one small pot of chili, and they're dishing it out, and God keeps creating a miraculous thing, and they end up feeding everybody. Come on, where does that come from? It comes from him comes from him. So my contacts. What's going to happen to my contacts? Amen. Well, we're going to get there. So the miracle, the gift of miracle would say that these contacts, which are 30-day disposables, somehow supernaturally last 60 days, and then 90 days, and then 120 days. Because you know what? Only God can make the contacts last longer. You understand that? He will do these things for us. There is hope. Even though we look forward and say, my goodness, what's going to happen? There is hope in all these things because God will deliver. And he comes. And he will come. He will come. But until that day, he delivers these things for us. And it's an amazing thing. Last one, gifts of healing. Gifts of healing. Y'all know what's going to happen to my eyesight now. I already got, okay. It's, it's okay. That's all right. No, not just because, I mean, I, I, everyone saw this coming. It's not super complicated. The gifts of healing. A supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit given to the church for the purpose of removing sickness, disease, and infirmity. I truly believe the gifts, plural, S, gifts of healing will get poured out more and more in the last days. Because there will be times where we cannot visit a doctor, God's going to do a healing for us. There are going to be times when, you know what, the contacts didn't show up at my front door, and they lasted only 120 days and I'm all out. I truly believe God, knowing I need to see, will supernaturally heal my eyes. Come on, guys. You think this stuff's not going to happen? It's going to happen. It's going to be amazing. And those testimonies are going to arrest the attention of the unbeliever. We already have these testimonies that have happened in this church. Why are there gifts? Why is this the one, the only one that's plural? I believe that God set it up this way just like there are classes of diseases. There are gifts of healing that counteract each of the class of diseases. And I don't remember the number, if there's 17 or whatever it is, but there's different classes of diseases, and I believe he will pour out 
to different people, different gifts of healing meant for different types of issues and diseases. Let's look at how this manifests in the Bible. Acts 3, verse 4. In fixing his eyes on him, with John and Peter, he said, look at us. So this man, he's asking for stuff. They're headed to church. This man's on the side of the road. Give you a little bit of the backstory, And he's asking for what? He's asking for money. He's asking for some gold. He's asking for some silver. Peter and John said, no, look at, look at us. And so this man gives them their attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, you know what? Silver and gold I do not have. And there may be a time where silver and gold we do not have. But what I do have, I give you. What I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. This is what's going to pour out in the last days. This is what's going to, we are going to see these things manifesting. And we're going to say, you know what? Rise up and walk. And we're going to see people rise up and walk. Interesting thing with the gifts of healing. Many times, if you look at the examples in the Bible, that the sick person has very little part to do with it. I'm not talking about the prayer of faith. I'm not talking about the prayer of agreement. I'm not talking about the elders anointing oil and laying hands on the sick. I'm talking about a supernatural gift of healing that the other person actually doesn't have much to do with at all. It's just God's supernatural power being manifest. You talk about Peter's shadow healing people as they're walking by. Come on. Amazing. These gifts. Worship team, if you want to come back up here. I want to close with this scripture, Acts 5. We'll talk about Peter with the shadow, verse 15. To such an extent, they even carried the sick out into the streets, laid them on cots and pallets. So when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on any one of them. Also the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits, and they all were being healed. You know what, church? We do not have to hide in these times. We do not have to put ourselves away in some bunker somewhere, unless the Lord tells you to do it. But I am telling you, it is not the time for the church to be hidden in the bunker. It is time for the church to be known as the church, to do the works of the church. And when people are, they're going to say, oh my gosh, I need to go to that person's house. You're like, I don't want anybody coming to my house in these last days. But you know what? They're going to come because they're going to need something. And they're going to need something that only you have because of him. Because of him. And this is what gets me excited. These pouring out of these power gifts in the last days.